Today, I am finishing out our series, Many Gifts, One Spirit. I don't know about you, but maybe you didn't realize there were that many gifts to talk about. But we've been in this series for multiple weeks now and covered many different things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in the life of the church, and he wants to use you to do it. Isn't that awesome that God still chooses to use people like you and I? Amen? And so today I want you to go with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. And just to make sure that we're all on the same page, we're going to read verse 9 and just the first part of verse 10. But it says this about the text for what we're looking at today. To another is given faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Your version may say gift of healings. Then it says by the one Spirit. And then verse 10, the beginning part, it says, And to another, the working of miracles. So today, we're going to be talking about faith, talking about the gift of healings, plural, and talking about also, the working of miracles. Now, these are the exciting things that happen in the church and in the world through the church. And so we save the best for last, maybe. Um, the first one that we'll talk about this morning is faith. There is a gift of faith that is given by the Holy Spirit to the church that goes beyond just the faith that's necessary in order to be saved. You can walk an aisle, come to an altar, pray a prayer, and if you do not have faith in your heart, the Bible says, Jesus himself said, with the lack of faith or the absence of faith, there will be no transition or transformation in your life. So we all have to have faith. It's required to come into the family of God. And let me say something very, very profound. It's required to stay in the family of God. Amen. So there's a gift of faith that goes above and beyond just what we would maybe call saving faith or the faith to believe that God does exist and that Jesus did die on the cross for you and I. Look at what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says. It says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I love the message that my wife brought last week about hungering for God. I believe that there's something more for every believer, no matter the stage of their life. I believe there is something more for people even like Billy Graham, who've reached a pinnacle before his death, reached a pinnacle of uh, ministry and opportunity and sharing his, his faith with others. There's still more available to each one of us. Look at what the Bible says in, well, I don't have the verses for you on the screen, but in Matthew chapter 13, the Bible tells us Jesus actually said that we should have faith as small as a, can anybody remember from Sunday school? A mustard seed, exactly. How many of you like mustard, like on your hot dogs? 
Yeah, okay, I like mustard on my hot dogs. How many of you have ever had the fancy kind of mustard that has some grains in it? Okay, I've had that kind too. Um, it may, may not be enjoyable to each one of us, but a mustard grain is very, very small. And Jesus said, that's all the faith that's required in order to become part of his family. But this faith that we're talking about as a gift from the Holy Spirit to the church, the gift of faith is the God-given ability to act on God's promises with confidence and unwavering belief in his ability to fulfill his purpose. So this gift of faith may seem like crazy faith or outlandish faith to the outsider, to somebody who looks at somebody with the gift of faith who says, well, sure, we can do that. Absolutely, God wants us to do that. Let's go in this direction. Others may look at that person and say, wow, uh, what's wrong with them? (laughs) But all of these other things are not lining up. All of these other circumstances are in the way. Can you not see those things? And the person who has the gift of faith looks beyond or through those things to something even deeper that God has promised and that he will deliver. So people like this with the gift of faith, and you might be one of them, they act in complete confidence in God's ability. How many of you, if you're honest in church today, say there has been a moment since you've been a believer that you've doubted God? That's pretty much all of us. That there's a moment in our life where we've come to a crossroads or we've come to some sort of intersection in our life or a major challenge or a big thing and we wondered, where was God? Where are you, Lord? Are you really who you say you are? Those moments, those moments, we are all susceptible to them. But when it comes to the gift of faith active in the body of Christ, there are people who act in complete confidence that God is going to do what he's promised to do. I believe each one of us should ask the Lord to increase our faith. I believe when we see God break through in major ways that our faith is increased. I believe that there are moments in our life where our faith is tested. And I believe that every believer needs more faith. These people who have the gift of faith active in their life, they also advance the mission because they step out in action where others doubt. They keep pressing forward where others doubt. So if you're wondering, "Mm, I've listened to a few of these messages and haven't really found the gift that I have. If this sounds like you, then it may mean that you have the gift of faith. These people who have the gift of faith ask God for what's needed and have complete trust in him that those needs will be met. And so I would say if you think you have the gift of faith, you know what you should do. Not keep it in a box hidden at home. (laughs) You should exercise it. You should all of the time be believing God for greater things. I believe that God has greater things in store for each and every one of us. And we, if we hold on to those things, have confidence that God will come through, I believe that we'll see faith rise and increase in other people as a result. 
So if you've got the gift of faith, exercise it. Join up with those who are wanting to do prayer ministry. Sign up to help in our kids' ministry or youth ministry. Or think about giving your life or a season of your life to missions. People who have the gift of faith, believing God will do what he's promised to do, can attempt great things for God. And when they do, God comes through in miraculous and amazing ways. So maybe this gift is a gift that you wish you had. I believe you can pray for it too. And I believe Celebrate Church has been blessed in the past and is blessed presently with a few that have the gift of faith. If you think, you know, we've listened to these messages about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and gotten to the place where I haven't really narrowed it down yet. If this one sounds appetizing to you, pray, God, give me a gift. Give me the gift of faith to believe you for greater things. Amen. The second thing we'll talk about this morning is the gift of healings or the gifts of healing. Whichever way you look at it, however your Bible verse is translated, it's pluralized. It's because there's multiple experiences, but you are not a healer. God is our healer. There's a method, there's intentionality with the Holy Spirit's work through men and women who brought the Bible to life for us to hold in our hands today. So I say that to say there are no typos. (laughs) And there's a plurality in the original language that's then brought into our English today. And what I see there in this is that it means that you and I cannot be determined to be a healer. Why is that? Because God wants the glory. He doesn't want you to get the glory. How many of you believe sincerely, and there may only be one or two hands, how many of you believe sincerely you've either experienced or witnessed a true healing in your life? Look, at the, look around you. That's amazing. I know I have witnessed God do a miraculous healing. I know that for myself, he has healed me. There are stories my parents tell me of my early childhood. I've shared some of those before. Being at the edge of death and God miraculously healing and saving me. I could tell you a lot of different stories. But all of you have your own story of something that you've seen or something you've witnessed. I was, my faith was increased this week as I studied for this message because I thought, you know, the miracles in the Bible are awesome. But if your mind is like my mind, I think, gosh, that was great 2,000 years ago. What about today? Would you believe if you Google it, you can find ABC News, (laughs) of all people, um, has a whole listing of modern day miracles. A woman who literally did not have a heartbeat and was waiting to go to the morgue for 45 minutes. There was prayer offered and a heartbeat returned without mechanical instruments on her. Like there there are powerful things that have happened in this modern day. In other nations around the world as well as in our nation. 
I believe sincerely that there are those that have the gift of healings or the gifts of healing to be able to see God restore and heal that which is diseased or broken. And it happens by God's own power, not by man's. Amen. It's absent of human intervention. I don't really have time to go into an entire theology today about sickness and healing. I know that we have questions about sickness and about death. I know that I can tell you I don't have all the answers. But I can tell you this, that where sickness is present, God can change it. All things are possible with him. Amen? And so Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, I love this because this is God as he's speaking to the children of Israel to lead them out and to keep them going on the path he wants. He says, if you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, do what's right in his eyes, give ear to his commands, keep all his statutes or his rules, his laws, I will not put on you all the diseases that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. There's a title given to him throughout scripture. It appears more than 60 times in scripture that God is our healer. So he's the one that we seek. I say that to give you just a healthy balance. If you've got a problem, go to a doctor. That's okay. We're not anti-doctor. We've got doctors saying amen in the audience. We're not anti-medicine. Okay? Can God heal a headache? Yes. Can he heal the common cold? Yes. Can he heal those things? Yes. But what we're talking about is something extravagant that demonstrates the power of God that other people could see and tell of God's glory. He is the Lord, our healer. The purpose of divine healing is to glorify God. It's to lift him up. It's not to, you know, sound great when it comes to, well, the doctors did such a great job and now I'm fully recuperated. Well, we're thankful for medicine. I'm thankful for the wisdom that God gives. I'm thankful for the medicine that I'm on. I'm thankful for all of those things. But I will say this. More than all of that, I'm thankful that God still heals even today. So the purpose of divine healing, God intervening in the life of an individual, is so that he would be glorified, but also that others could experience God in a real and a tangible way. There's a story of a woman. Her name is Delia. Uh, I think I've told this story before in other messages. Uh, you can look her up online on YouTube. She was in a church service just a few years back, had been uh, in a devastating car accident, in a wheelchair for years, and the Lord healed her, healed her completely. She speaks in churches today and walks in, and you'd have no idea that the woman broke her back and had all kinds of issues, but God divinely healed her. And now, every time she shares that story, God gets glory, and other people get the chance to say, are you kidding me? God still, he still does things like that today? So that kind of thing should encourage you and I to believe God for healing in moments when we need it and when other people need it.
So here are a couple of things that happen if there is a person who's gifted with healings. It gets people's attention. When somebody gets healed, it gets people's attention. It demonstrates, this is something awesome, it demonstrates God's compassion. That he loves us more than just saving us from an eternal hell. He loves us enough to bless us in this life and to heal us physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. It proves that he exists. It leads others to believe in him. There are all these benefits to divine healing. One of the major hallmarks of Jesus' own ministry here on earth was healing the sick. And you can see that it wasn't just physical healings. There are spiritual healings that took place and emotional healings that took place. That man who was crazy running through the graveyard that Jesus ministered to, the Bible says, then he was found in his right mind. There's a power outside of medicine, amen? And we have access to it. So I think about that when I think of the needs that are present in our own lives for God to heal. So have your faith be lifted and encouraged today that God still heals. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 12 to 14, it says this, Jesus speaking, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that my father may be glorified, that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Now I started thinking back on verse 13 or 12, where it says, and greater works than these will he do. It doesn't mean greater quality. There is no greater quality than the work that God does himself. But when he chooses to use you, there's a greater scope. Jesus was stuck in a human body in a certain zip code, if you will, in a region. But now he's got kids in his family all over the world who then can be gifted like we're talking about today, the gifts of healing, who then can demonstrate his work in the world it's a powerful thing to think about the fact that God has enabled certain people to be able to be the intermediate in that moment, to pray and to see God do a miraculous healing. And let me just say this. I still, I keep looking and I still haven't found an expiration date for any of these things. If you find it, let me know. There are a whole group of Christians, and I believe we'll be in heaven with them, standing there worshiping God together. But there are a whole group of them that say that these things were just for the apostles, just for that moment, because, you know, God needed the extra help to get the church started. God's still doing these things today. Hebrews tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? The supernatural, though, it makes people uncomfortable. They can't explain it. They don't know what to do with it. And so they, they try to answer it away or explain it away in some, in some fashion or form. Surely God hasn't stopped being compassionate. 
Surely he has not changed. So the gift of healings is possible today because God is still, as he always has been, a savior, a healer, a deliverer, a restorer. And sickness is related to the curse. It's related to the curse. It's related to us living in a fallen world. It's sometimes related to our own stupidity. Sometimes it can even be caused by the enemy. Sometimes it can be allowed by God. There's a whole lot we could be, that could be said about sickness. But our healing is always meant to glorify God and to bring others to him. So how do you know if you have the gift of healings? Has anybody been healed when you prayed for them? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's pretty much just a simple little test that you can see. Um, if so, listen, if they jumped out of a wheelchair and you haven't told me about it, I would like to, you know, have you pray with me. I've got an issue with my shoulder. I could really use the help. Okay. But the gift of healings, this is something that is still active in the church today and can be available to us. The other question that I would ask to test whether or not you have this gift would be, have you been healed yourself and do you desire others to be healed? Sure, I'll pray for a sick person, and yes, I've been healed, but there's not this overwhelming drive for me to study all of the healings in Scripture and to seek out more truth on that specifically. I don't have that inherently inside of me, and so I think to myself, well, I probably don't have the gift of healings. Can God use somebody in regardless of the situation? Absolutely, he can. Just remember this. God is our healer. He always has been, and he always will be. There will be a day, I'm thankful, there will be a day we will all be healed. The third and the last in the series and in the message today is the working of miracles. Now, this one would be cool, okay? This one would be really, really top-notch amazing to have in, in action in your life, in our church, um, anywhere in the state we live in. I mean, it'd be really cool. It still exists today, but again, just like the healings, it's the working of miracles. It's not you don't become a miracle worker just because you, just because you were part of something that God did that was supernatural. People will probably start looking at you as if you were something super special, but you have to understand it is not you doing the work. It is God. So the working of miracles, what's a miracle? A miracle is when God intervenes in the normal patterns of the world or goes and superimposes himself over the normal laws of nature. These miracles have occurred in scripture. They've occurred in our modern time as well. It really would be, it would be considered on all accounts, every miracle that you've ever read about, heard about, has been a temporary event. There's a story, it's not in my notes, but I'm just calling it to memory right now. The Old Testament, they're in the battle. The sun stands still. The sun didn't stay where it is permanently. God did something special for that moment in time because it was necessary. He thought it was necessary. So this is how everyone would describe a miracle. It's something where God intervenes. It's not human, okay? It's not of human doing, and it usually is a temporary event, so in other words, there's no natural explanation. Can you think about some miracles that occurred in the Old Testament? 
Think about those for just a moment. They're the cool mega stories that we get told in Sunday school as a kid or in kids church. They're the stories of the parting of a sea and thousands, if not a million plus people going through on dry ground. That's a miraculous event. The sea did not stay parted. It's not, it's not in two parts to this day. It was that moment. What about God's people traveling through the desert on a horse with no name? I'm just kidding. I'm so sorry. Well, I just, just happened. Okay. It's a dad thing. What about God's people traveling through the desert needing water? Where do they get water from? Out of a rock. There's not a rock that's still flowing with water today. But it happened. What about the walls of Jericho? Now, scientists have examined this. Sure, you can blow a trumpet loud enough to shake a curtain or something. But with that small group of people marching around a city with walls that thick, there is no way that they did that of their own doing. It is nothing but God. The dead were raised. The widow's oil was multiplied. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these three Hebrews walking in the fire and not being burnt. That wasn't a healing. That was a miracle. They came out without the smell of smoke on their clothes. And the Bible tells us that there was what seemed to be a fourth man walking in the fire with them. Man, I just get excited talking about things like this. Because knowing that they happened then gives me the ability to believe that they can happen in our day and in our time. Think about the New Testament. Miracles that Jesus performed. He turned water into wine. That's a miracle. To change one substance into another substance. I'll tell you a funny video I saw this week about Jesus' miracle of water into wine. There was a TV show host and he was talking to a girl and it was a Bible story question and she answers it. It is Jesus turned water into wine. And he said, what does this story tell us? And she said, well, it tells me that when I run out of wine, I should get on my knees and pray. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. I just, I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. That's not what you do, okay? This was a one-time thing. It was a miracle that Jesus performed. Think about the other things that Jesus did. He calmed a storm that was brewing and present, happening right then in that moment. Think about 5,000 plus people being fed with a handful, a handful of fish and bread. These aren't things that only Jesus did, though. The Bible tells us about Paul, and this is a miracle, and you may, you know, it may challenge your your belief in God and what he chooses to do, but Paul cursed a sorcerer and blinded him by the power of God because he was trying to dissuade someone from coming to faith. And Paul said, right now, a darkness is going to come on you, and it did. And the man was blind and could not see and had to ask for help to be led around. The Bible says that handkerchiefs and pieces of clothing that belonged to Paul and to the other apostles were at times carried from place to place. And when it was laid on the sick, they immediately recovered. That's, that's something abnormal. That's outside of the scope of what we think 
is normal. How about something else? This is on the alternate side as well. Like Paul having blinded that person. How about the death of Ananias and Sapphira? Those who are in the medical field in those days may have said, well, that's probably just a heart attack. What a coincidence. Mm, no. There, there's something really deep going on there. It's a miracle that happened that took place. It's the hand of God doing something to bring about glory to him. How about Paul himself being bit by a viper and not being harmed? Like there are some miracles that happened throughout the history of God's people and they still happen today. I was reading about a healing, a healing miracle that occurred that I did some research on this week. There were four rescuers. They were part of like a, a fire department and some other agencies that were called to the scene of an accident where a car had gone into the water. All four of them separately, when they got out of the water, after they had saved and rescued the individuals that were in the car, they all gave a testimony individually without having discussed it together that they heard the gentle voice of a woman saying, find me, I'm here. And they, they didn't, they weren't able to determine where the car was, you know, necessarily straight down. And they had to keep diving through these dark waters. And all four of them heard a voice that led them to the victim. That's a miracle. I mean, that, that's, there, there are things that God chooses to do in our life that are miracles. Each separate miracle is a special gift as the need arises. And God has not stopped performing those miracles. If you've been part of our church for any period of time, you've heard us tell the story about a miracle that occurred in our own lives. My daughter, sitting here today, beautiful, totally whole, no brain damage, no issues, no physical disability, she fell off of a second-story balcony to dead bushes and a concrete sidewalk. She could have been in a wheelchair for the rest of her life. She could have had physical or mental disabilities. She could have had any of that stuff. But I'm convinced, and you cannot tell me otherwise, that there was probably an overweight angel or a really fast one that helped be able to provide a cushion to her. That is a miracle. She didn't need the healing because she had the miracle ahead of time. That's incredible. You can't tell me that there was not God's or divine intervention in a moment like that. So miracles still happen today. Worship team, would you come and join me? She walked away from that with... I think just a single hairline fracture. She could have broken multiple other bones in her body and she could have been impaled by the bush that she fell on. She could have had all those things, but God performed a miracle. So I hope that this message specifically has helped increase your faith just a little bit to believe that God still is today who he says he is, that he still does wonders in our day and in our time. Sure, all of us would like to pray and say, God, bless me with the gift of miracles. Bless me with the gift of healings. But really, I think the point of this whole message series has been for you to find out what you're gifted in.
and also for you to understand that God wants to give you gifts. He wants to bless you with more than just salvation. And let me say it like this. He wants to bless you with more than just a good parking spot. I know we pray about like little things like that. Lord, help me find a good parking spot up front. But God wants to do a deeper work in each of our lives. Would you stand with me today? I thank God for the gifts that are present in Celebrate Church. I thank God for the legacy of what has happened and occurred in our past, even in our present. But I'm believing God to do something incredible in us to help lead us or propel us into the future. Would you close your eyes with me today? Lord, our desire is that you would receive glory. None of these gifts are for our own purpose or to to boost our pride or our ego. But all of these gifts that we've talked about over the last several weeks are to bring you glory and to bring others to you. Church, would you do me a small favor right now? Would you just kind of open your hands in a posture like you're receiving something from the Lord? I want to pray today that if you haven't received a gift or you don't know what your gift is still to this moment in time, I want to pray that God does something awesome and gives you that gift today. So while your eyes are closed and while we just open our hands in a posture of worship and receiving, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would bless Celebrate Church, that we would have a variety of gifts that bless and benefit the body of Christ here and the world around us. Lord, that we would glorify you and that we would cause others to turn to you as a result of using our gifts in the body of Christ. Lord, I thank you that you give many gifts and they all originate from the same place, from you. God, I pray that you would help us to practice them, to exercise them, to continue to seek you, to believe that there is something more to be had in our relationship with you. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray.